What's up, everybody? Welcome to What's in Your Glass. As you know, I'm your host, Carmelo Anthony. Before we get going, let's let's first welcome today's guest. You know him as an incredible 16-year NBA career. Where he was a three-time NBA champion, 13-time All-Star. I got that right. And a true legend of the, of the Miami Heat. Please welcome to the show one of my dear friends, Dwayne Wade. On today's show, where we're drinking... I want you to say it though, D-Wade. You 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 said your Shannon Blanc, your Shannon Blanc. Yeah, we're doing three by way Shannon Blanc. 2020. 2020. So before, first of all, let's cheers. Cheers. Thank you, man. Welcome to watch your glass. Cheers to your brother. Um, yes, sir. Now, now let's let's talk about exactly what we're drinking, and I'll I'll let you get into the details on that. So right now, man, and and first of all, let me say I've been waiting for this call. I've been waiting for my opportunity. <laughs> to get on on the show. So <laughs> I appreciate this, man. Um, but today with me, I brought my 2020 Shannon Blanc. Everybody get a chance to see my beautiful uh, label right here. Uh, it's called Three by Wade. And Melo, as we talked about, man, before we came on here, uh, this is not a great that everybody is used to, right? So the Shannon Blanc is, is kind of an industry uh, great in varietal. It's not something that everybody, you know, used to like a like a Sauvignon Blanc or a Pinot, right? And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to bring something that wine enthusiasts really love and we wanted to bring it to the masses. And that's what we was able to do right here is bring um, our Chenin Blanc to the masses. So the, the uh, what made you want to pick the Chenin Blanc though? Because a lot of people, like you said, a lot of people, you have to be, you have to know the Chenin Blanc. So what made you want to go into Chenin Blanc? Because I never heard you speak on Chenin Blanc before. <laughs> well, <laughs> you are my friend. You know I'm different. You know, you know I don't take that same path. This difference, this difference is 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 very different because a, a lot of people, like yeah. you said, you have to you have to know that you have to know this this grape, right? You have to understand yeah. what comes along with this. You your taste profile have to be different in order to like a Chenin Blanc. So explain to the people yes. why exactly you wanted to tap into the Chenin Blanc. Well, first of all, to to understand my wine brand, I want you guys to know that, you know, one thing that I understand is teamwork. Whether I'm playing sports or anything in business, I work very close with a team. And so when I when I wanted to enter this industry in 2014, I found who I felt was the best partner for me uh, was the uh, Paul Meyer wine brand. If anybody know anything about Jason Paul Meyer, um, Wayfair, all these amazing wines just come from the same family that makes my wines. So uh, I knew I didn't know everything, Mel. You know, when we, you know, you taught me so much about wine. I didn't even drink wine when we first met. <laughs> and so I needed to, to partner up with the right, with the right uh, group and the right individuals. And I, I was able to do that, partner up with the Paul Meyer family. So because of that, they've been in the wine, the wine business for over 40 years. And you know, when we started to talk about the Way brand and wanted to uh, differentiate, differentiate ourselves from, you know, other brands, what can we go do? And the Chenin Blanc was a part of that conversation, was, was all the things I talked about. So explain to the people, where is it from? And where is it from and what does that mean? So my wines is created in Napa Valley. Um, and, and a lot of people always ask me, say, D, do you have a tasting room? No, I do not have a tasting room. I'm a very small brand right now. Um, we've been around since 2014. But what we do, because of the relationships of Paul Meyer that we have, we're able to source our grapes from different places in Napa Valley. So um, a lot of our wine come from Oakville. If anybody know anything about Oakville grapes and, 
you know, that whole place that is, that's like grade A in Napa Valley. And so, you know, we able to source our grapes from some of the best, you know, great growers in the, in the world. So, and, and, and we, we're going, we're going to get to that. So let's, let's get to like some current events because we, we know, and, and we got to bring the audience. I want to, I want to really bring the audience into Wade Sellers, right. And, 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 and just the thought process behind that, why you wanted to, why you wanted to create uh, Wade Sellers, why Paul Meyer out of everybody that you could have worked with? Mm-hmm. Well, Mel, it's all about accessibility for our community, right? It's, I didn't grow up knowing anything about wine. Um, it wasn't a part of my community, and especially not in the way that I'm able to access it now. And so I wanted to be a, a tool and a platform for accessibility for my community. And that's why it goes all the way into my price points. You know, we're trying to put amazing wine in the bottle and we're not trying to knock you over the head while doing it. Right. So my price, my price range is from fifteen dollars um, in my three by weight all the way up to like thirty five. And I think we got very good wine, especially at that price point. So I wanted to create a platform um, to educate our community, um, also to to show that we can continue to uh, to go in these industries that may not look like an industry for us and be very successful. And also, too, just to make it accessible for everyone. So you said two, 2014. What, I mean, we, we, we all know we, we love wine. We all know uh, how we all got into wine. Uh, outside, of, outside of me, right, because we, we talk about that all the time. I'm here, I, hear a lo- I hear Zoe really got you into the wine as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, how did that happen? And what does what Zoe, what was your first experience with, with drinking wine with Zoe? And when I say Zoe... People, it's Alonzo morning. Yes. It, you know how our vets are, bro. You know, like, we had some different different kind of vets back in the day. They were older. You can't, say, you can't say no. You can't say no to You them. can't say no. <laughs> so, Zoe kept trying to push wine on me, man. And I was, I was, Mel, you know, when we first met, I was on, like, Kool-Aid. I'm like, I'm a sugar. I come from the hood. I'm about that sweetness, that sugar. I ain't want no wine. That was, like, especially red wine. That was, like, the most bitter thing I've ever had in my life. But he kept, he kept trying, he kept trying, he kept trying. And the, and the first bottle he gave me that I tried was a bottle of Flowers. Anybody know the brand Flowers Wines? It's amazing. It's incredible. Absolutely. And Absolutely. at the time, I didn't appreciate how amazing it was. But he was the first one to give me a wine. And I said, okay, so, all right, what? And then he started, you know, pulling the glass up, talking about the legs and, you know, trying to tell me how to, you know, do this. And, and so <laughs> my vet started me into thinking about something. And then, you know, Lisa, you know, uh, Lisa Joseph, my business manager, uh, her, her and I would go out to dinners and she would say, hey, let's have some wine. And I'm like, all right, let's take some Riesling wine because it's sweet. It's closest to the thing I know. So I was just trying to tip my toe in something that one of my vets passed down to me. So sp- speaking of the flowers, right, because that was your, that was like your, that you would say that was your first intro- introduction to it? Yeah, that was my first. Yep. So in order to in order to know flowers, you have to know what you're drinking, right? Yeah. You you probably had no idea on what you was drinking when you was drinking <laughs> no. the flowers. Absolutely. So not. going so now so now knowing what you know now and, and looking back, would you say would you say that was one of the best bottles that you ever had? That flowers out of all the wine you've drank since 2014 to now. <laughs> well, I, well, I can't say that like at the time, right? Because right, right, I right. I'm saying now, it. looking back, looking back. But looking back, first of all, understanding what Zoe was trying to introduce me to. Exactly. I'm, I'm like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, I know the, like, when I see somebody with a bottle of flowers, when I go to a restaurant, you can order flowers out the menu. I know that it's, it's that restaurant, right? Because once again, just like Chenin Blanc, it's not one of those things that everyone know about. And it's, it seems very accessible to everyone. 
And so knowing what I know now, he was trying to put me on game. Like Absolutely. <laughs> because you really you you really have to know what you're drinking when you when you drinking flowers. Facts. What's your favorite what's your what's your favorite wine country? Man, I love France, man. You know, we just had I think I posted a picture. We just had about seven bottles recently. <laughs> I love I, I you know what? I, I of course I love uh Burgundy and Bordeaux. I, I, I love it. I'm actually going on a trip soon and I'm so excited to go down there and really, really get into the culture. Uh, Hold up. So are you taking that month trip that we was talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's coming up. It's coming up. Like anniversary <laughs> coming up. We out <laughs> before the season start all that, right? <laughs> so yeah, I'm about to take my trip, man. Um, but I, I, obviously, I love that wine. But you know, just like me, man, you can find amazing wine in every varietal and every every place that makes wine. You just got to know how to appreciate that wine for what it is. And I think I'm starting to do that. I love France wine. I love Kappa, uh, Napa Valley wine. But I'm starting to love, like Gaia is one of my favorite wines from Italy. Like I'm starting to love wines from all over the world now because I'm tasting more. When you, when you, when you traveling, right? When you're on your month, your month uh, vacation that you're about to take. <laughs> how many? I, I, I just need to know this. How many way sellers wines are you bringing? Are you bringing on that trip? Because that's a long trip and that's a lot of wine. Uh, good question. And so we're trying to work through the logistics of that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just say I want to have you know enough to make sure that my trip you know I can enjoy some way some way one <laughs> good we, we, we keep that we keep that in mind it's yeah. like shipment you know the shipment prices is high you know, oh the man they skyrocket man they skyrocket especially right now man with everything going on in the world you know having to travel having to be safe everywhere you go uh, be, having to be vaccinated, like everything that's going on in the world right now, it's even crazier and, and the price is even higher to do something as simple as shipping my wine over to the places we're going. Right. So being in, being in LA now, right? You, you're LA full-time, right? I'm LA full-time, yep, right now. So being in LA full-time, do you, do you find it easier for you in the winemaking process, being that you're so close to Napa, Santa Barbara, like all of those, all, you know, Paulo, you know, all those areas that's out that way. Do you find it easy in the winemaking process? Yeah, uh, Paso, uh, Paso Robles is out here. Paso well. Robles. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do, man. And I, that's like, I, first of all, I, people here that you move to LA, they feel like I just gave up on Miami, right? Let me, like, I love Miami. Miami is, my, is, is, is in my heart. But, you know, in this phase of my life, LA is the next phase for me in everything that I'm trying to accomplish and do, and, and also my wife. And so being able to be up here and, and having access to all these locations, like you said, going up to Santa Barbara, going wine tasting, going up to Paso, going wine tasting, um, and, and getting introduced to wines that I've never tasted before from different, that's, that have different soil, that have different temperatures that, you know, from all these different places and regions. So it definitely has you know, enlightened me and opened my eyes to wine that I've never knew existed. Right. Yeah, switching, switching, switching gears a bit, right? Let's talk. You let's let's talk about. We got to talk about the cube. Let's right? do it, bro. <laughs> let's let's talk. Did you ever let's, think let's, I would host a game show, Mel? Hell no, never, ever, <laughs> ever, 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 ever. But I always, I always knew, and I know that you don't mind trying different shit. Like you would try, you know what I'm saying? Even if it's if it's not 
cool to everybody else. Not saying that the the, the cube is not cool, but just in general, I know yeah. you. Mm-hmm. And you would you would just try shit, and if it worked, <laughs> it worked. It worked. Sometimes you make it. Sometimes you make shit look cool. We be like, yo, what is D doing, man? Shit look cool. He he the only one that can pull that shit off. So <laughs> when we talk about when we talk about the cube, like let's let's give you know let's give the listeners the idea of what the cube is, how how it was started, yeah. and why you actually decided to host a, a show like that, yeah, a man. game show at that, a game show at that. Mel, let me start off by saying I was nervous as hell. Like I was, I was scared, bro. Like. To do something like this, I mean, you're talking about somebody who's who's done a lot of great things in the world, right? It was one who's been on the right. biggest stages in our in our respective sport and been able to come through. This was a this was a different arena for me. Uh, I had a lot of things to overcome to even to even think about hosting the show, man. Um, I posted some things recently about you know I had to do not only did I had to do a hosting coach to learn how to host, I had to uh, I have a speech coach to learn how to. Be able, you know, I come from Chicago. They got that Mississippi. We got that country. We, we don't finish our words. <laughs> I'm on TV in front of America. Like I have to be able to feel comfortable speaking and 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 captivating the audience. You know, and, it, and yeah. it's about more than just your face or your talent. It becomes about your voice. So I had to go through all that first. But man, just to talk about the cube, um, this show has been successful so far uh, for 12 seasons and hopefully it continues in the UK. And so we adapted this um, with my production company and also with Warner Media uh, to, I'm, I'm, I'm a executive producer on the show, we adapted this here coming out of the pandemic. We wanted to be able to bring some kind of joy um, into the living rooms of families. And so we felt the cube was a great uh, kind of family thing, man, where everybody, no matter what age, size, uh, color, anything, you can play this game. You can enjoy it. And so we set out to do that. And they said, well, how about you be the host? And I looked at them on the screen like they was crazy because I didn't think I would host it. But because I was scared to do it, Mel, that's the reason I end up doing it is because I can't be afraid as I'm raising you know, trying to raise kids. I'm trying to, you know, be a, a leader and a role model. I tell people to go for their goals and go for their dreams. And even when it's hard and even when it's scary, still fight through it. I had to do it myself and I did. So I, it, it was a great opportunity for me to showcase myself in a different light. It was a great opportunity for me to be able to be a part of helping families that are in need to be able to come on the show, to be able to help either themselves, to help their community um, or things or people they love, to be able to win $250,000. Um, you know, and also too to be able to tell their stories because from that show, people's stories have been heard and people have reached out to them and helped them, have uplifted their communities, have uplifted the things that they came on the show to talk about. So it's bigger than just, you know, uh, a TV show. You know, this is, right. this is something that, you know, I'm proud of overall as a, as a person that, I, that I've had opportunity to do. I'm going to tell you what I like about the show. I love I love the competitiveness, right? And mm-hmm. I, I I love how they just, first of all they leave me on the cliffhanger every time somebody about to do just a commercial <laughs> break every right. single time. Right. But I love the the life stories, right? And and how you make it related to just life mm-hmm. and, and 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 what happens in in sports and basketball and when you go into when you're trying to win a game and you're in that pressurized situation. Yeah. How does how how, how does your prep for the game show like hosting the hosting the cube compares with Prepping for <laughs> a basketball game, like, yeah. like what's what's is it a difference? No, is it the same mindset? It's the same mindset, bro. Um, Michael Strahan told me that. 
you know, when I retire, he's the best, and he's he, he's the best to do it. He's, he's the, best, the to best, best to do it. And you know, I, I've right. always talked to Mike Strahan about you know just what he was doing every time I got an opportunity to be in his orbit. And when I retired, I actually did the show after my game in Brooklyn when you guys were very right. tipsy on the sideline. Uh, <laughs> and then the, as the night went on, anyway. Um, <laughs> I, uh, but matter of fact, as I sip, as I, hey, as I take a sip, as hey, I can, take a sip, can I talk about, did you see that they put my head on a meme of that? All right, we're just going to leave it there. Did you see that go viral? <laughs> anyway. Um, so I, I got a chance to talk to Mike Strahan, uh, after the show and I asked him about, um, I asked him about TV and I wanted to know, like, you know, how was the transition from him from sports to TV? And he gave me, you know, the confidence to go out and try. He told me that I would be amazing at it because I know how to prepare, right? As an athlete, we have to prepare, especially being in big moments. You need to know everything about your, your opponents. And so I take that to the show where I know everything about, my, about the contestants that come on the show. And so I know what I'm trying to pull out of them. I know the stories that will resonate to the people that's listening because I understand by not always being in this position, I understand what it's like for you to see someone that's in the same position as you and to root for them. And so I try to bring those moments out for the people that's watching. So it's to me, man, it's, it's so cool to do this, Mel. Like this is not something that I ever dreamed of myself and thought I would do, but like it's one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm probably most proud of that I've done so far. Absolutely, and I, I, I like I'll take my hat off to you for that because that's not easy to do. You understand? Like we 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 used to playing a team sport. We used to getting on the court. You know, everybody got to play their role, and and you know the coaches got to do what they do. We got to do what we do. But it's you by yourself, and you know what I'm saying. You now you're the one on one sport. <laughs> this is this is that's hard to no, do, man. You know that's, what? You know what? I am, but I'm not. You know, man, I think, you know, I have someone in my ear. I have one of my coaches. I have one of my producers in my ear. I have my stage manager on the side. I have my people. You know what I mean, Mel? Like, even though you see everyone see me, it's so many people. When my voice is going hoarse, when I'm a little frustrated because I'm not getting I'm not getting this read to camera right. I got people bringing me halls, bringing me tea, rubbing my back, telling me it's going to be OK. I got people giving me like it's it's a whole team effort. And. Right. I'm, not, I'm telling you, like, even like moments when I'm up there and I don't know what to do. I got someone in my ear. I got my guy, I got my producer in my ear giving me, hey, think about this or say this or go back to this game. And all those things help me, even though everybody just see me as a whole team is still around me that allows me to to even be a, a C plus, a C minus uh, host, probably what I am this year. <laughs> so, it, OK, so that so that that leads me to something else with, with, with what you said, because you said. You have people in your ear. You got your stage manager over here. You got this person. You got that person. Yeah. When you do, you feel embarrassed? Like when you mess up? Like you? Like at first? I know. I'm sure you got you got through it because we're so used to perfection. Like we know our craft. Like like the back of our hand. We studied it every single day. So when you mess up, you know. Okay, I can. I can. I can. If I miss this shot like this, I'm gonna come back and and fix it. How scary is that? Honestly, <laughs> like to mess up yeah. and got to bounce, got to bounce right back. Like, what is that feeling? Like that embarrassment? Like, damn, yo, I just messed up. Man. I don't <laughs> want people to be like, yo, D Wade is a fucked up host. Like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, how, yeah. how does that? What is that feeling like? You know what? Uh, I, it's it's no different, man. You don't. We want we want perfection. We want to be great. But when we mess up, what what you do when you miss five six shots in a row? What's what you gonna do after that? Shoot and shoot. You're going to shoot that next shot. So when I mess up, Absolutely. I just go to the next tape 
and in the next take in the next take it, it you take the same mindset and you take it to it's just a different arena mail you know what i'm saying you apply the same things like basketball and the lessons that you and i have learned and that you're that, that cayenne is learning that zaire is learning through this sport it's all the life lessons you need to go through life like this is all you need to go through life and understand that you're going to make mistakes you're going to miss you're going to blah 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 but if you do x y and z you're going to see the benefits from that and that's life. And I'm uh, and I'm since I'm the first one out of the banana boat crew and everybody to retire, I'm able to take what we all have learned our entire life and be able to apply it to regular life and understand that oh okay, it's no different. Feel me? I want to get to another project you have going on that I know is very like it's in incredibly important to you. Your book, right? And and it's it's actually called Dwayne, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. It's 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 I want to make sure I get it right. It's set to release this November. Um that's the right date, November? Yeah, it'll be released in November, yeah. Okay. My book tour will be coming in November. <laughs> oh, the book tour is coming in the winter. All right. Okay. How long, like how how long was that process? Because I just, I just finished I finished my book, as, mm -hmm. as you may know. Mm -hmm. How long was your process in in from start to finish, and what what can all the fans expect from it? Uh, well, I first like to say that the process is, is started when I entered the NBA, or when I entered college, or when I entered high school. Like the process of these stories that I'm telling, it's about my journey. So this started when I picked up a basketball and I decided to go down this, this road to be one day become one of the best to play the game. So it started then and, and what I started doing around 2010, and you know, because you know Bob and you saw him with me very early when he would video Absolutely. me and he would take photos of us in China and every place we went, I just started getting moments and I didn't know why. And so now I'm able to take a lot of those moments and photos, those behind the scenes moments that a lot of people haven't seen, and I'm able to put it into this coffee table book, and I'm able to give stories about those photos. And what I want my uh, book tour to do is I want my book tour to even bring those photos to life even more, and those stories to life even more. And so my book tour is not gonna be just to sit behind the table and sign and go. It's gonna be me narrating my own story, um, talking about these moments, and hopefully I get an opportunity to sit down with like Udonis and Chris Bosch and Bob who shot these photos, and talk about these moments that's in these photos as well. You're gonna be in season, so I can't get you, but you know what I mean. So <laughs> for me, it's personal. I named it Dwayne because no one calls me Dwayne. Like I've always been known as either Dwayne Wade or I've been known as D Wade or I've been known as Flash. Dwayne is who I'm rebranding. I want everybody to get to know the new me. Um, and as I'm going into my 40th birthday soon, I, I'm, I want everybody to know me and call me. 40? I'm going to, don't do that. For, no, I, I, my air bubble was falling out. It was falling. <laughs> Don't do that, bro. No, no. I was trying to fix my. I was trying to fix my air bud, man. It's <laughs> yeah, no, I'm about to be 40 next year, January. No. So this Absolutely. is this is the rebrand of me. Uh, the, all the imperfections of me. Everything is coming, but Dwayne. Uh, that's that's what that's what my book will be about. So why why did you why did you think the time is now for that story. I mean, you you spent 16 years in the NBA, you, you know, your, your grind and journey from Marquette, from Chicago. Why do you think the time is now to tell those stories? Or to, for people to visualize, to see it visually as opposed to reading it? 
Because yeah. when you see it visually, you make your own you make your own narrative of that story and what yeah. that story is. Because a, a picture tells a thousand words yeah. at the end of the day. So why do you feel like right now is the time for you to tell that? Well, you know, my career ended exactly when I actually planned it to. You know, uh, when I was a kid, uh, 17 years old, I said I wanted to. In 20 years, I saw myself retiring from the NBA. And I retired at 37. I retired 20 years later. And so for me, uh, I want to, I want to, as, as great as those moments were, and as much as I'm going to be known about a lot of them for the rest of my life, um, that's not all that I am. And so I kind of want to put that past, that, that, that career, that, that life to the side. And this is my right. way of putting it to the side. It's my way of putting it together, talking about these stories and putting it here. And once I turn 40, now let me talk about the next 40 years of my life and what that's going to be about. And that's Dwayne. That's the business person. That's not the athlete. Uh, so that's why I felt like this was a perfect time. Is there is is there one photo or story that you can that you can speak on that that stands out? Because it's so I'm, I'm sure I, I know you I know the story, right? but I'm sure there's I'm sure there's one story or photo that just stand out and just be like, okay, that that's the one. That's the one I'm I'm gonna have to talk about all the time. Man, you got me. I don't. It's, it's like 250 photos, man. But there's one photo. I know when you see it, when Bob laid it out for you, you saw it and you was like, yo, Bob, this is the one. I've seen a couple of them. I know. I, I, I'm just trying to. I'm now. You got. Like, I'm trying to. My Rolodex is trying to. I'm trying to think. Um, wow. That's a great question. I've never been stuck like this before, Melo. You are great at what you do, bro. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. I, I can't. I can't think of just. I mean, it's, they all are so important that I had right. so many photos, and it, it took. It was painfully to cut it down to two hundred and fifty because I'm trying to tell my entire story, my basketball story, in two hundred and fifty photos. Right. Right. And True. so I, I think that's a great. You know what? That's a great question to ask me next time we do this interview together, and I've done my book tour. Well, listen. When you when you on a book tour, they should ask you that question, and then you'll be you'll be prepared for that. You'll you'll be prepared for that. Yeah, you're right. I I, I got to now. I got to go through all my photos. You are gonna have me in the bed tonight, like this, <laughs> going through my photos. Tell my baby, we can't watch Virgin River tonight. We gotta. <laughs> let's let's since we're talking about you know your your journey right and and this new you know. Dwayne and, and, and getting people to understand who Dwayne is. The next chapter in your life, the Utah Jazz is a part of that next chapter. How did that happen? Because I, I I don't see you as a as anything to do with Utah Jazz. I'm gonna be honest with you. But I uh, we talk we talk about that, right? We talk about what's next. We talk about businesses, we talk about ownership and, and what yeah. we're gonna bring to the game after we're done. How did that come about? First of all, the, the Utah Jazz opportunity, and did you have to think about it, or it was like, oh hell yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready to go. Well, first of all, before I got drafted, nobody seen me as a Miami Heat neither, right? It's it's facts, and so you know, in the next forty years of my life, that's all you will remember me as is is, is my business life. You forget about my back. You will share my basketball life at some point. So you will at some point, Mel. You will, um, but. For me, man, it's crazy how things have happened in my life. A lot of it and a lot of my success 
has happened because of relationships and and taking chances and doing things a little different or trying things right as we talked about absolutely so i was able to meet ryan smith um you you came down Melo blessed me at the d-way invitational you remember you came down to san clemente while i hosted camp for the nba guys the younger guys and you and cp came down and blessed my camp and we had an amazing which was phenomenal which was phenomenal by the way which that whole experience was phenomenal by the way it was and so and also we did we we trained together on and off the court but the other important aspect of that camp was the business side of it and so i was trying to bring in people from the business world to be able to talk to our young athletes um in a way that we'd never been talked to about investing in about you know finances etc so <clears throat> Ryan Smith was one of the people who came up and was uh, um, to come up to see the camp. And I got an opportunity to talk to him just as a friend of a friend. Um, I, uh, the, the Stans family and Ryan uh, have something very in common. My guy Clark, shout out to Clark, um, who connected us. But we got a chance just to have a regular conversation. I found out about Qualtrics, his brand. I found out about his wife, his five kids. He found out about my family, the things that I was interested in. And that conversation just talked about, man, that'd be cool one day when I get done with basketball, I wanna know about, about the tech space, I would love to reach out to you. And just to stay connected with someone. And from that connection, he called me and said, uh, hey, his uh, Clark called me and said, hey, you remember Ryan? <laughs> well, he just bought the Utah Jazz and he wants to sit down and talk to you about being a part of it. And I was like, what? The Utah Jazz sold? They have one ownership in their entire existence. <laughs> Hey, I, I, listen, I said the same thing. Right? Yeah. I said the same thing. So I, I said, you shocking. must know, D, I said, D-Wade must know some shit that would nobody else know because <laughs> Utah Jazz ain't selling ain't, to nobody. Right. So I was like, I was like, what? I didn't even believe it because the Miller family have, you know, have owned the team in their entire existence. And, and, and a lot of people don't know this, have one of the top two or three winningest records in the NBA history. Right? Absolutely. Of just consistent success. But also... Is Utah, and I've never been outside of the hotel, to the bus, to the ring of the hotel, and that's what I told Ryan, because I, I associate Utah with what everybody in my community associates Utah with. It's just being white, and at some moments, it's it's been seen as being racist, right? By the things right. that the Absolutely. fans have said, and so I was very honest and open with Ryan about my experience, and I'm sure other guys' experiences. And Ryan, the whole thing is yes, 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 but we're gonna change that. And only way we can change that is individuals like you. I need you just as, you know, I need you, you know, to, to be able to change this as well. And these are my plans, this is my goals. And so I got a chance to sit down and talk to him as a businessman. I got a chance to meet his family and understand what he's about. Um, and it was an unbelievable opportunity for the both of us to be able to, he's 42 years old, I'm turning 40. Um, my other owner, Ryan Sweeney is 41 years old. And our other owner is 41 years old, Mike Kennenbrooks. We're all young guys. We had opportunity to grow in business together, but we also got opportunity to change the culture. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to change the perception and the culture. And so I'm, I'm honored, man. I'm honored to be able to have a partnership with these individuals and, you know, not be in a situation where I don't feel that, you know, I put the less amount of money in, but they make me feel like I sit at the table with all of them whenever decisions need to be made. Absolutely. And you, you, I mean, I can tell you what, just from watching it, right? Like, you know, even though, you know, Utah, you know, they've been winning, they, they have their own type of specific culture out there. But seeing you and with the new ownership group and seeing you courtside and seeing you at the games, 
it gives it something different. It gives it a different energy. It gives it a different vibe. And you can see that. So when you when you know when you talk about changing the culture, that culture is already starting to shift. Granted, the team is doing well too. Yeah. Right. You have you guys have a have a very good team, but you mm-hmm. can also see just that energy and that culture. Yeah. And as time goes by, they they will embrace it. I, I know for sure they, you know, you Utah would would embrace it. How how has it been going from player to owner like that? Because that's a that's a that's a sick transition right there. Yeah. So you, you have too. your mindset, you have your mindset on on being a basketball player out the game a couple mm-hmm. years, and then you write on the other side of the business. And we've sat on the other side of the business. Yeah. And it's <laughs> ugly. Said, and it can get ugly. It was ugly. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So when I decided to become partners in this uh, with Ryan, I told him one thing. I'm going to be me. I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to be me. And I'm able to be that, bro. And, and I'm able to talk to Donovan. I'm able to talk to guys from an honest player standpoint and also, too, from a person who's not on the other side. They're starting to understand the business this way. But a lot of you know how it is, Mel. A lot of players don't even interact with ownership. A lot of ownership don't interact with players. You don't be able you don't get an opportunity to look behind the books and people don't talk to you like you are a business. People don't talk to you like you're a brand. They don't talk to you like you're a man. You know, you come in sometime in this league is it's built on hierarchy. And so sometimes right. it's like, hey, they're our kids. Well, it comes a time when your kids grow up and you need to res- you know, respect them as that. If we're partners in this, which we all are, then let's all understand everything about this business and this brand that we all have a part of. And so I don't play on the court no more, but I'm excited when I see Steph Curry get 215. I'm excited when I see this person get this and that because I know the game is growing. And you know what, Mel? I'm a part of this game. I'm a part of this brand. I'm an investor in it. So I wanted right. to see it grow. And so... My mindset now, because I get to be on that I've now been on both sides, is not, oh, I understand one side over the other. It's how do you merge both sides and bring them together and make it a partnership and don't make it a hierarchy. Well, and I think the NBA is doing a, a, a much better job at making it more of a partnership. You know, I think the Amazing. owners are doing a better job of, of, you know, just keeping that open line of communication, that dialogue with their players. Like you said, for, for the longest, it never was that. You know, we we never we never spoke to our owners, and a lot of times we didn't speak to the GMs and the presidents. So right. now, what you're seeing now is 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 more of a partnership of of you know of a, of a give and take. Okay, how can I help you? This is how you can help me. We got to keep this dialogue going. I think when you shut that off, it se- it separates everything. You right. know, the players have feelings, ownership has feelings, front office have feelings. It's just too much that's going on, and right. there's no. There's and we no, all supposed to have one common goal. Absolutely. How can we have one common goal when it's so much separation? Right. It's so much. It's so much hierarchy in the in the organization. And me and Ryan has come in, and and other Ryan and Mike is like, we got to share this. This is not how our ownership is going to look. It will not look that way. And so they come from the tech world, and that's how it is. Ain't no hierarchy in the tech world. Not at and all. And so we able to bring that same mindset. Uh, to a, a, a organization in a state that has never been exposed to what we can expose them to. Let's keep it on basketball a little bit. Let's talk about the Olympics, right? And and, and just that experience. And you know, I'm sure you've, you've watched the games or you watched a couple games and you see... Yeah what's going on and just the narrative that's surrounding 
our Olympic team. What do you think about that team? But also, what do you think about the overall situation of the Olympics? No fans, you know, that that fan experience, as you know, Oof. that's what gives it. Like, man. it hurt me when I watched the opening ceremony and there yeah, was no bro. fans in it. Yeah, man. Like, what, 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 is, what, what is your take on, on, on that? Well, man, first of all, I got to give all those athletes over there credit, man, for, you know, for going and showing up and giving everything they have to be, to be, to live their dreams out, bro. Like, it's no one there rooting them on. It's no one there pushing them, giving them that extra. Like, they got to really find it in the inner. And that ain't, that's not easy. And so I give them a credit for that, first of all. But when it comes to the Olympic team, man, you know how it is, just like any anything else. It's all about continuity. And it's hard to have continuity when you're not playing together all the time. And so nothing of the struggles of them offensively right. or defensively, that's not a surprise because we they know just like we know, it's you gotta get reps. You gotta get reps. You got three guys that just left the finals and jumped on the plane and Drew Holiday played like 30 minutes. Right. Like ain't no, you know what I'm saying? So like the struggle is going to be there, everybody. Stop panicking. Let these guys go out there and figure it out. They're the best at what they do. Right. And if they don't figure it out, we got to reboot and think about a different way to build our stuff. Like the world is good. It ain't no, I know we invented this game over here. And you know what I mean? Like Canada. But I know we invented this game, you know what I mean, over here. <laughs> but Canada, bro, half the league is it, over there. I don't, like, I don't know who's the NBA team. Like, I look at them, I look at us, right. I'm like, this all pros on the court. Like, it, we're in a different place now. So don't think we just got to be right. we're supposed to be that dominant. Yeah, we want to show our dominance because we want to always be the best. But understand that those guys have been playing against us since they were 16 years old. And we bringing guys off the finals that ain't practice, that ain't played with that basketball, <laughs> that is smaller, that is slicker. <laughs> The, everything is different over there. The rules are different. So, like, please, everybody, let these guys go through their journey and their process and just shut up and support. Like, just support them. I, 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 want, I just want to know, Bro. How, when did they celebrate? <laughs> First of all, I'm not, I'm not coming off no championship and just go right <laughs> I'll meet Bro, you guys in the I'll meet you guys in the middle round. And Drew, like they they played that night. That's crazy. It's crazy. Like, I mean, or what like bro, or what the are you kidding me? And people don't understand. First of all, that flight. Right, from <laughs> I, it wasn't no direct flights from Milwaukee. I can tell you that. That flight <laughs> to that that flight to Japan to get off, it take you a day or two, maybe three. To get your legs underneath for you, yeah. and for Drew and those guys and Chris to get off the plane and jump right into the mix in the heat of the Olympics with this with the USA team, like I commend <laughs> them. Like I take my hat off to them. I, I they a better person than me because I'd have still been I'd have met them in the gold medal game. Like I'd I'd just D I meet y'all over there the gold medal game. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's it it amazes me because for them to be able to do that for one that that's a testament to those guys. Right, Facts. and, and their, their commitment, and their commitment and their to their commitment and their dedication to the, just mm -hmm. the game, but also to our country. I, I think that don't get enough credit. You know what I'm saying? So we we mm -hmm. we talk about basketball and, and what we're going through, and I, we will win it. We're gonna win the gold medal. They 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 gonna figure it out. But what about other sports where the mental health aspect of that comes into yeah. play? 
you know, with these other sports, they need the fans. They need that camaraderie. They need the rah-rah the and the cheers and the bulls in order to go out there and participate. When you don't have that, your focus level have to be lasered. Yeah. And you see that with a lot. You see that with a lot of athletes. And I know you can speak on, you know, from from the mental health aspect of of, of that and athletes. So talk a little bit about what those athletes are, are going through that doesn't have that that are non-basketball players. Yeah, bro. Um, I was talking about this the other day with someone who didn't know my history. But 2008, I was going through a divorce, a custody battle. Uh, I was getting sued. Uh, <laughs> I was going through a lot off the court. But those two and a half to three hours that I had to be on that court, that the the world of fans, the people seeing a kid walk in on my jersey, you know, like you know, just all these moments, that 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 gave me my outlet. And so if you take all of that away and everything I'm dealing with, and I bring that to the game, I'm useless. That got mm-hmm. me through the fans, the energy, the moment. It got me through. And so now you you have these athletes deal with real life situations in their personal lives bringing it to uh tokyo where it's not their environment not you saw the beds they sleeping in like it's just absolutely which is crazy which is is crazy crazy, which is crazy by the way right and then you have people dealing with real life pain hurt and they supposed to go out there and perform and they don't have no one they don't have that little kid to see and say i'm gonna do this for that little kid tonight i know it's tv i know it's millions of people out there but bro you in that arena and it's empty so now you're thinking even more your brain is thinking even more about your personal things that you're dealing with and you can't block it out and so i commend them for taking stands and stepping up and saying you know what no i know that i am great i know i am one of the best to do this but i'm also human and today i cannot do it and that's okay and so I commend Simone Bowles. I commend all these athletes for standing up for them and their personal health, their mental health, and everything they believe in um, to, to say, this is what I'm going to do because it's individually, I'm the one who will get hurt from this. And I'm right. the one who is hurting from this. Absolutely. And I, I agree with you 1,000% because what, what I mean, we speaking on Simone, you mentioned Simone, like what she have, what she have to go through I don't think there's enough support around her. It's so much pressure on her as an athlete. And we all, we know what the pressure is as, as an athlete. But when somebody say, my mental is messed up, like I, I can't go balance without my mental. There's no balance without, without being, you know, being locked in mentally. So you want me to go out there and do something and I'm, I, I'm not right. I'm not thinking right. I'm off balance and, and just, Mentally, I'm off balance. What made you think I'm gonna be on balance when I when I yeah. get in that arena? So I don't yeah. think I don't think she gets or those athletes gets get enough credit when it comes to knowing. Yeah. First of all, knowing themselves, right? Because before we would have just went through it, man. Fuck that. We going like we ain't whatever happens. Like you said, oh eight. You know, the, you was going through what you was going through, and those two hours took you away from that. But yeah. that motivated you. Now they don't have no motivation. There's no fans. There's no. There's no interaction. No kid is out there being inspired by them. When we played in the Olympics, it was people there, fans. It was kids that was inspired. We inspired a lot of people. Yeah. And to watch it from a TV now, as opposed to being in there, that's a totally different. That's a different perspective to have. Well, what what I love most is everyone is becoming. Uh, and Brandon Marshall, who's been a, an advocate, oh, big time of this big for time. so many years. 
um, is a good friend of mine, and he's he spoke on, about you know his his challenges in mental health, um, and I love the fact that people are being more open about it. And and I say that because I played a sport where it's moments where I'm very hard on people as a leader, as someone who who wants to win. And that's what we grew up knowing, right? As a leader, you got to get the best out of your guys by any means necessary. And then I had an incident in Cleveland with, with Kevin Love, but I didn't know that he he dealt with or um, you know, that he dealt with or suffered from any mental health issues. And you know, I was I was on him, you know, because like I, you know, I'm an old dude trying to. It's my last hurrah to win a championship, and I didn't know what he was dealing with mentally. And so, you know, we had a very, you know, ugly incident you know, as a team that happened and came out in the papers and all those things um, about it. And then once I left Cleveland, uh, Kevin, you know, became more outspoken and became really a voice um, for, you know, mental health. And I didn't have any idea. And, and so I feel that we need to all share more. Like, as we go into these teams and we're trying to become teammates, we're trying to become brothers and family, we need to know what everyone's dealing with. And everyone needs to feel more open and secure about sharing those things because be, if you do, you're able to communicate better. We're able to handle situations better about an individual if we know things instead of hiding them. But in our communities, in our sport, we're so macho, we're so manly, we don't tell people about our issues because we're supposed to be superheroes. But if we learn more about each other's issues, we can actually help each other and be better with each other. And so I never got, I, you know, I don't, Kevin Love may not like me as a person because of that moment. Um, but I, if I ever got an opportunity to like see him again, I, I just want to apologize to him because I didn't know what he was dealing with. And I was just trying to say, I, we need you, we need you. But I didn't know that he was dealing with something that was so serious that I could not fathom or even, even know what, what he had to deal with. And so I, I'm so glad, I say all that to say, I'm so glad that all of our young athletes are taking this stand and they're speaking out on you know any any issues that they're having because we all deal with our moments of darkness and we all deal with our moments of having some form of of, of health issues in some capacity. I got a chance to that. I got a chance to that because that was special and, and and not a lot of people would 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 acknowledge that and and and, and own up to that and and what you did is honorable because you know when people saw that I remember that. It was a it was a game that we was playing Cleveland and Kevin Love just left off the court and went he just went straight home and you know yeah. nobody knew what nobody knew what was nobody knew what was going on right so mm -hmm. when you when you get that information back it's like oh shit like I get it there's nothing sports don't mean nothing basketball don't mean shit when you when your mental ain't right you can't do nothing in life and yeah. again it when you not when you don't have balance and your energy is off and your focus is off or your anxiety. You can't get nothing accomplished. There's there's nothing to accomplish. So I wanna I wanna commend uh, you know, guys like Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan, who DeMar DeRozan, you know, yeah. for forever always kept that and you know in, inside of him and starting to now to, you know, publicly speak about the you know, the mental health aspect and, and depression. So I just think more people need to start talking about it and, and, and actually discussing that. So I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up. But before we before we wrap, you know, before the episode closed, I usually do, I'm gonna bring it all back to what's in your glass. Um we 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 have a, a few quick fire questions um okay. for you to close out. I you know, I probably already know them. Uh I, I need the people to know. Um 
what's in your glass on certain occasions, on some occasions, right? So we're going we're gonna to do some, some rapid fire. It doesn't have to be a label specifically, but what's your go-to? What's your go-to when my AirPod, my AirPod just fell out? See, I told you them shits don't stay in my ear, man. <laughs> what's, what's your go-to when... Who, who the hell wrote this question? You just got off the <laughs> banana boat and you're hitting the beach on the family vacation. First, I wasn't on the banana boat, y'all. So let me just get that. I wasn't on that boat. Gab took bro, my spot. You gotta so. embrace the name now, man. It's, that's our name, bro. You gotta embrace <laughs> All right, it. You right, you right. I gotta stop fighting. I gotta stop it, fighting. It just is what yeah, it I is. The, the the banana boat left me. I'll say that. <laughs> but, but what's 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 your what's your go to when okay. you know say you say you just got off of the banana boat in the Bahamas and okay. we're on vacation. Like my go to wine. What's in my what's glass? What's your go to wine? Am I drinking it by myself? Am I drinking it with the banana boat? I need more. What's up? Who, who okay, am I drinking okay, this okay. wine? Okay, okay, okay. Nobody, no, no, nobody never challenged me with with, with that. <laughs> you drinking it? You drinking it with us? You with the you with the crew? Mm, so if I'm with the crew, and it, we gonna that means that we having a vibe. I feel like I'm gonna go pinfold. Oh. I feel like I'm gonna okay. go to pinfold because I I feel like we can all appreciate it. Right. We mm. can all introduce each other into these years of pinfolds. That's like, yo, this is my favorite year, 2011, 2013, okay. whatever your year is. Okay. I like where you're going. I like where you're I'm going. Gonna go there. I'm going to go there with us. Okay. Pinfolds. Okay. You and the family say the Wades are out at a nice restaurant at dinner. Mm. Okay. What's your go to? Me and my wife. You and your wife, the Wades. It could be the, your family, the mom, the dad, everybody, whoever. Okay. So I'm gonna show out a little bit. I'm, I'm gonna show out. Depending on what they have on the menu, I'm gonna go in the lane of Screaming Eagle because I want to show out. I'm gonna go in a total different way. I may go to Latosh because I want to show out. Oh. If I'm at Wally's, oh. I can show out. I can do this at okay. Wally's. Yeah, you can. So like, I'm a, I'm a. It just depends. I'm. I want to show out, so I'm gonna go show out. I'm gonna get those brands. It's like, yeah, I'm showing out. Well, you let me know when you about to show out, cause I'll be I'll be right there when you start pulling out Latasha's and shit. So you 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 let me know. Hey, <laughs> you let come me to know crib. When, when you uh, when you come to L.A., come to crib. I got something for you. you listen, you know we got to do it behind the scenes. What's in your glass when I get out there? So we 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 keep that. What about you? You you celebrate? Okay, you celebrating a big win, or you celebrating becoming the owner of the Utah Jazz? Like I know that was an incredible feeling. What did you? What what was in your glass that night? What I would do the night that I just signed uh, with the Utah Jazz, I come home and I want to go into my cellary and grab something that I'm, that I'm connected to, that I have a connection and a story to. And, be, and the story has to be something that um, led me to the moment that I'm in. And so the wine that I ended up grabbing uh, was, the, was a moment where I, uh, I had the conversation about being an owner with my people. So that, that makes it, that, that, I mean, that makes it, it's special anyway, yeah, because of yeah. when you had it, you know why you had it, and the story yeah. behind it, and the story behind what you were yeah. drinking. So, so it had to be something like that. What would you drink? And what did you drink after? I'm gonna say, let me pick, let me pick the championship after '06. I ain't gonna pick the later ones. I'll pick '06. I wasn't drinking it '06. You drank something in '06. You ain't just have no. Uh, I just was drinking the champagne water in the locker room. I want remember I ain't drink back then. That's e that's even better. Okay, so what champagne was it? Probably was like whatever the NBA sponsor was. I don't remember, but I know I was drunk. Okay. I know if you look at the interviews back then, <laughs> I'm sitting there 
And matter of fact, let me since we jumped there, the NBA came and took my jersey. As soon as I got done taking the photo, they said it's going to the Hall of Fame. I was like, cool. They have my jersey. I don't. So if you see an interview with me, I'm sitting there holding my MVP trophy. I got on that McDavid, you know, under you know, yep. under under Absolutely. stuff. And I'm drunk as hell talking about this is about to be the biggest parade ever. I'm super drunk. Okay. So uh whatever cheap champagne that was in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> we got okay what about I'm, I'm gonna give one i'm gonna give you one more i'm gonna give you one more let me see what about the guys are getting together the the, the crew is getting together fellas right fellas, yeah. the fellas is getting together we are in wally's back room mm. talk to me right mm-hmm. and it's it's one of those nights it's one of those Paris nights we had. Hmm. But who? But everybody who? Every, everybody have to go to the cellar and grab something. What are you grabbing? Oh, one of those Paris nights? It's one of those Paris nights. Hold on. You got to put that down? No, hold on. <laughs> I got it. Hold on, y'all. Mellow, you know this wine. It is a white burgundy. Okay? So I'm going to go white burgundy. All right, so take okay. me there. You know white burgundy is, when you find a white burgundy, it's special. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to go white burgundy. And the name of it is like, uh, it's either La Alley, um, but it's like um, uh, Champon. <sighs> Cham- it's like C-H-A-M-P. Oh, man. Mel. It's not a, it's not a Montrachet. No, no. No. Okay. It sounds like, cha- it sound, it's spelled like champion, but it's not. It's not champion. I got this shit in my phone somewhere, dog, because I've only had Chamberlain? it. Chamberlain? No, not Berlin. Um, okay. Fuck. Dog, this is this is gonna make me mad, dog, because I've been anyway. I got So you going white burgundy. So, so you going so white anyway, burgundy. I'm you going top white of the burgundy. top white burgundy. I had this wine, okay. this white burgundy wine that once I once I drank it, I was like, oh my God. And that's all I said. That's how amazing it was. I just said, oh, my God, because once you're able to appreciate, obviously, you know, different grapes and different varieties and, and you drink wine, you get some amazing white burgundy and it changes your life. And I said, oh, my I, God, I, I must listen. Listen, I never was a white, never was a white. Bro, I got drinker. you. Then I got you. Listen, no, th- this was before. I, I'll, white burgundy. If it, I got it, I got I got to drink white burgundy. Bro, that's it. Let, so the you best, okay? You drink white best. burgundy, red? Yes. Okay. Abs- oh, one thousand percent. So Mel, so my gift to you when we get off of here, I'm gonna send you a bottle of this wine I'm talking about, or my gift for bringing me on your on your podcast. It's a white burgundy. Okay. Okay. And I'm gonna send this to you as my thank you gift, and then you're able to talk about it whenever you want to. I just gotta go on my phone Absolutely. and find it, because you know, listen, Absolutely. I- uh, black community. Some of these names, these these names is crazy. Uh, Mellow yeah. all these yeah. chateaus and all this stuff like. I, <laughs> You know what I mean? But also, too, man, if there's a celebration, you never can go wrong with a little Petrus. You can never go wrong with a little Fellas Night of Petrus. I mean, that's, a, that's, you know, that's, the, that's the top of the mountain right there. Yeah, you can't go you wrong know, with a little Petrus, man. I'm going, to, I'm going over to have a little lunch this summer with them and I'll taste a little wines at Fire Eyes. So I'll let you hey, know listen, about it. Good luck, good luck with that. I know you, Ben. Tell them, tell them their uh, extended family member says <laughs> hello. Uh, and I'll be putting my bid in for the next allocation. Uh, <laughs> But <laughs> but I'm yo D man. I just want to say thank you so much, man, for for joining me for a glass and what's in your glass, man. Yes, sir. Congratulations on you know your your new book. 
uh, Dwayne, congratulations on the cube. Congratulations on Wade Sellers. Um, and also, last but not least, congratulations on, you know, being one of the newest owners of the Utah Jazz. Thank you, bro. Um, I appreciate you, my brothers. Always love. I want to say thank you to the audience for tuning in this week. Um, please follow, rate, review What's in Your Glass uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast at. You can also check the video releases each week on YouTube. Uh, D, my brother. My brother. Always love. Hey. By the way, I'm going to go finish this. Uh, you know what's in my glass, this, this everybody? Three by way, shit in Blanc 2020, man. Mel, appreciate you having me on the show, man. Cheers to you. Indeed. And I uh, love you, brother. Love you, baby. I'll talk to you soon, champ. All right, bro.